0: Hello, and welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We're so excited you decided to join us today. All right, now let's check out a recap of this past Sunday's experience. We hope you are blessed. See, when I was a kid, I hated, I told you last week that I hated these stupid locker, the combination locks, right? Right? because I would freak out, because we would have three minutes, and like you would have to go and like spin the thing, and if you didn't get it right, then you started all over, then you were late for class, and I was the kid that always had to do things right. I couldn't be late. Man. And so when it didn't unlock, I had to start from the beginning, right? And as I was thinking about this series and like combination locks and unlocking the code, it was like, light bulb, right? This moment where I'm like, about this point in my life, I had to think, this is a great analogy for all of us as people. See, at some points in our life, we all mess up. And sometimes we just need to recalibrate and start back at zero, right? So I'm going to look at the numbers of God and their starting point, because when you see their starting point, then and only then will you begin to understand their meanings, and you'll unlock the answer to why these numbers should mean something to me. They mean something to the Lord, then they should mean something to us. So I pray that this message will unlock something deep down inside of you, and that each week as we discover a new combination, one of you is going to just get this pattern of God, and you're going to be like, I got it, I got it down. And as you get that pattern down and understand him, guess what? Your faith in him will go up. If you unlock the combination to understand God... Dang it, see, look, now I got to spin. I was like, I'm going to nail this. And I didn't. So now I have, don't, you're not going to know my combination. I'm going to get it. Come on, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Boom! Say, <laughs> I told you. Now, if you unlock that thing and it comes open, so what you discover is you begin to make room, right? as you begin to understand God, you begin to make more room for him in your life. And so you allow him to work in the empty space, to get in there and to do something new, something different, something deep down on the inside of you. And I pray that maybe as you make more room for him, you will understand why he wants your life. Today is so, it is, oh, it's so practical it is so purposeful for who you are as a person. See, last week we started at number seven, okay? So go back, watch it, catch the podcast this week, but let me recap seven for those of you who stayed out to 1 or 2 a.m. at the Knowles game, sinners. Listen, all of y'all, all these numbers, they all mean something, but seven is one of these numbers that mean completion, right? The Bible has lots of numbers that mean that something is complete, but seven is multi-layered, it's multifaceted. And so the best way to show this is when you look at the number seven, you need to think perfectly fulfilled. That's what this one means. And it was used by Jesus on the cross. Jesus spoke seven statements from the cross and on his seventh statement, he said, it is finished. I taught you last week, he was saying in Greek, tetelestai. It means it is finished. My mission is complete. That is a word that is used for victory. It means three different things. To end. That Jesus was the perfect spotless lamb. No more sacrifices were ever going to be, have to be made, ever. He was it. He was the only one that could take away the sin of the word. Tetelestai. To pay off a debt. Our debt. Our sin. The wages of sin equals death. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to trade your life with mine. Paid in full, you owe nothing. Lastly, it means to complete this way. He shouted to Salasai, claiming that he had accomplished the mission of why he showed up on this earth. And then he gave up his spirit. See, seven is a powerful number. It's a redeeming number. It is a perfect number. Jesus fulfilled all that he had to do on earth. But as long as you have breath in your lungs, you still have an assignment. I still have an assignment that is not complete. So go after it. Now, let's talk about the number 40. This is where we're hitting today. So seven, that's not four and not zero. We're not in a four-week series. It's a three-week series. Four, zero, 40. Everybody say 40. It symbolizes a lot of times a generation of people, a generation of mankind. The word 40 is used 158 times in the Bible. I'm pretty sure it's significant to the Lord, right? So a generation, a span of a group of people who kind of think alike, grow up together, that kind of thing. So for example, Moses's life, you can divide it literally in 40s. It's crazy. The first 40, it tells us about him growing up in Pharaoh's household, in, in Egypt, right? And then he murders a dude and has to take off and hides in Midian, right? So then he shows up in the wilderness and for 40 more, guess what? He's a shepherd. He's a nobody hiding out. And then what does is, what is he run into? At 80 years old, a bush that's on fire, but will not burn up. And I am speaks to him and calls him to go back and to save his people then you get this third section of his life. For yes, I guess what? 40 years. He dies at age 120 and he leads those out of Egypt. And then they wander around the wilderness because guess what? They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They turned their back on God. So you can see this through like the pattern of Moses's life. God uses 40 over and over and over again. He goes up to Mount Sinai, two separate occasions. Guess what? for 40 days and 40 nights in order to receive God's laws. He also sent two spies, you guessed it, for 40. Oh, you're smart people. Listen, to go and investigate the land that they were about to take as the promised land that God had told them about. You can read it in Numbers 13. But Moses never crossed over the Jordan into the promised land because of Israel's punishment for turning their back on God and worshiping fake idols. So they walked around in the desert for 40 years Why? Because a new generation had to rise up. That was a part of that worship. The new generation received the promise because God never goes back on his promises. Fact, the book of Exodus, guess what? The only book in the entire Bible that has 40 chapters. You think that God is not intentional? Like, are are you joking me right now? Like, do you not understand like the supernatural synchronicities, how God lines all these things up? Because I don't think that we do. I think sometimes we just breeze through things. We don't ever pay attention to this stuff because we don't zoom out, right? We're like so hyper-focused on what's happening on our our day-to-day and the minutiae of our lives that we don't ever even just notice how calculated, how awesome, how intentional our God is. So today I'm gonna help you zoom out and see a big picture, okay? I could give you facts all day long that would blow your mind about how God supernaturally lines up things that are intentional, like the way that the Bible is written by 40 different authors, okay? So I could throw that stuff out to you all day long, but is that gonna change your life? I don't know, it might. But I wanna tell you something today about what the number 40 also means. It means something else that I promise will matter to you more than the span of a generation. Are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. 40 signifies this new life, new growth, a transformation, a change from one task to another great task, which is followed from a period of trial and testing. You go through it and then something amazing happens. A transformation occurs. And Jesus was in the wilderness for how many days? Boom. He was tested for 40 days by Satan himself face to face. 40 days he fasted. And afterwards, guess what happened? A transformation. His public ministry began immediately. So today we're gonna zoom in on this story. The son of man's 40 days of trial and testing. I have never taught on this before. I'm so excited today. And I've had a lot of coffee and a little bit of Red Bull all mixed in. So if I'm a little jittery and a little excited, y'all better catch up to my speed, okay? because I ain't slowing down. Key thoughts, all right? Jesus had to spend 40 days in the wilderness before he got his breakthrough. Now, that might sound strange to you, but hang with me, because you're like, why did Jesus need a breakthrough? He's Jesus. Today, I want you to consider for yourself giving God your next 40 days in order to receive your breakthrough. Now, we know a little bit, very little about God's first 30 years in his life and ministry, right? Luke, uh, it's 252. We teach it to our kids in kids' church. In Jesus, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. That's what we know about his childhood. And there's some stories mixed in about, you know, his parents forgetting him in the temple, uh, right? But we really get these details about Jesus's life when he turns the age 30. He chooses his team, the disciples. What does he do? he identifies his purpose, advance the kingdom of God, redeem all of mankind. And then for three years, he works to accomplish that purpose until he says, to tell us die. When on the cross, he declares, it's done. It is finished. That's a good callback. Listen, now in your life, let's make this practical today. What if in the next 40 days, you might figure out and acknowledge your purpose. Why am I here, God? What is it that you have me on this earth to accomplish for you in my life, whatever? Why am I here? Maybe it's finally stepping into your calling and maybe it's it's figuring out by stepping into a serving team and you're like, well, let me try this so that you might raise up the next 40. Do you understand there's a generation right now that needs you? Do you understand that I have two leaders in students with me? Two, both guys, no girls. Do you not think young men and young women need people to mentor them, to love them, to show up and to pour into them and invest into them? Needing Christ-like role models? You can be that. What a gift God has put in you to maybe befriend someone or make someone laugh. Or be a great hugger or be able to lead a small group. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, why are you, you have an opportunity. Why are you not using it? Why are you not just seeing it and testing out, well, maybe this is my calling? What calling are you avoiding? Our Genesis kids team have spots open right now. You can see it on the connect card. I simplified it. All those boxes, boom, it's down to three. Guess what? Those are the ones we're featuring. And if that's you, man, just join the team. Start using what's going on on the inside of you that God has wired you. Maybe you are a great storyteller. Can you take simple curriculum and make it come alive? I don't know. I do a bunch of weird voices. Listen, Josh Burton, when he was around, I would be like, You're going to be my assistant today. And Josh would be the donkey, and I would ride on him as Jesus going into Jerusalem. You could do all kinds of crazy things. And you know what? Little kids come up to me and be like, oh, you wrote Josh, right? (laughs) But maybe it's starting the business that you've been dreaming of. Or maybe it's using your giftings for the glory of God and you're like, I'm gonna do something big in this world. Join the outreach initiative. Do you love kids in foster care, but you're not sure how to get involved with their life? Dude, we got you covered. Get on the digital connect card, scan that little QR code on the front and click outreach. Maybe it's something super personal. It's just, I'm gonna learn to love my spouse again. Do something radical. How about you date your spouse? Or you go to Genesis marriage. Like we give you opportunity after opportunity. We're creating date nights. Come to Mexican Fiesta night, right? You can go home and have diarrhea together, be fantastic. But what if you date your spouse over the next 40 days and you're intentional about telling her that you love her or him, that you respect him and do little things to show it? What would happen? What if your thing is, well, maybe I just need to stop being so inwardly focused and I need to just kind of turn my gaze on something else And maybe when we mentioned the trip to Belize, like we're going this summer and we're gonna do VBS in the streets for kids and we're gonna go work on a church and do some physical labor because I know some of you can swing a hammer and some of you can swing kids around in a circle. We got both opportunities. What are you waiting for? Or maybe, maybe your call is like all of our callings. Part of your calling in this life is to just share your story about what Jesus has done in you and you're scared to death. What if the next 40 days, you just pray for some boldness that you might open up your mouth and the person that you know, that you know, that you know, that God has put in your path that you were supposed to bring last week to one day Sunday, dude, you'll just be brave enough to talk to them 40 days from now. I don't know what it is for you, but God says, Give me your 40. Key thought number two, in order to step into that purpose, some of those things hindering your life, they gotta go. Some of those things in your life that don't need to be in your life, they need to change. Some of those chains that are wrapped around you, squeezing you this morning, your old habits, sinful patterns, they just need to be snapped off your life so that you could be freed up to do what God the Lord Almighty is calling you to do so. Let's begin at a starting place. You see, it is not a coincidence. <laughs> oh, I love this message. It is no coincidence that scientists say it takes 40 days to change a behavior or to retrain your subconscious. What does that mean for you? To break a bad habit and to replace it with a good one? 40 days. 40 days for a breakthrough just a little over than a month. If you start today, it ends the day before my wife's birthday, October 27th. God's saying to you today, we can do this. See, it's not you doing it. It's not you being like, oh, God, now i got to clean up my act. No, 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 no. no. It's you plus God equals we, right? And with him, all things are possible. I'm so more excited than you are. All right. (laughs) So Jesus, in his life, like he had to do something in order to step into his purpose. He had to spend 40 days in the wilderness facing his greatest opponent. That was Satan. That's a serious battle, y'all. He had to give the father 40 days before that he got his own breakthrough, because then he stepped into his public ministry, his public ministry, going out around everybody, declaring who he was. He was experiencing through all that after the 40 days demonic attacks, right? you talk about spiritual warfare. Woo. Pharisees and the constant haters taking on such craziness that when he's being a mob to be, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. You don't think that would have drained him if he had not spent the 40 days letting God prune him and, and put his feet to the fire? Do you think that he would have been able to endure the beatings and the mockings and people spitting on him and ripping out his beard and nailing him to a cross. He endured the death that none of us could ever even understand, but he took death and the grave, and then he emerged, new life, victorious, forever alive as king of kings and lord of lords after the 40. So this first 40, big deal, just saying it. So let's talk about what went down. Jesus' opponent, Satan himself. Now you're probably not gonna have to face something that's that intense, right? Taking down the you know, serpent, the lying, slithering piece of garbage from hell. Woo, but it could feel that way. Your opponent might be to stop drinking or stop living for the next drink. Your opponent might be losing weight and getting your health in order and getting it in check or getting your cluster all down, whatever it is. Your opponent might be carving out some time for God and not leaving him behind 24 hours in a day ever again. Your opponent might be cleaning up your thoughts or cleaning up your mouth, right? Or cleaning up your house, right? Your opponent might be releasing bitterness over 40 days. Maybe you need some financial freedom, Maybe you need to stop tiptoeing around tithing and just trust God that God's going to take care of you and that God will bless you when you do things God's way. Because that's what he does. My daughter said, Here's your coffee, Dad. I got four bucks left in my checking account because I haven't got paid yet. And two seconds later, someone. Handed me three gift cards to give to Addie. Last week, she said, dad, I need a new amp. I don't have an amp. And she's in a band. She's so cool. Um, <laughs> but she's like, I don't have the money to buy it right now. I was like, well, let's look at it. We'll figure it out. I walked down to the end of the hall. Artie's coming in and hands precious Keith Hebbets amp to Addison is what happens when you do things God's way. I don't know what your opponent is. Maybe it is a broken marriage that you're like, I got to fix this. All things are falling apart. What if in all these things, we take 40 days And we invest those into your marriage and you invest those into your spiritual well-being, or you invest those into your physical health or you start investing into breaking down and breaking away from harmful habits and you start putting in good ones of power and freedom and wholeness and forgiveness for you. Listen, you know what those things in your life are. I don't have to dictate those things to you. I don't need to be telling you what's broken inside all of us, right? But we all know that there's something that needs to be adjusted, right? But if I'm telling you, if you will just take a chance, if you will go after that opponent, life change with the power of God moving on the inside of you, it will happen. Then you're going to be freed up to step right into your calling, to step right into your true purpose of why you are here. So over the next 40 days, we're going to work on some stuff, establishing some new patterns, some new purposes, Do you realize in scripture, the number 40 is everywhere. And it reminds us new beginnings. It reminds us that we are being released from bondage. It reminds us with stories about after 40 comes victory over opponents. Look at this. Genesis 7, 4. Seven days from now, I will make it rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And I will wipe off the face of the earth every living thing I have made. Noah Dealt with this, it rained 40 days, 40 nights, and a flood, and God said, I'm done. But guess what? Do over. New life. Exodus 24:18. Moses entered this cloud up in heaven in, in, or on the mountain, and he remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And guess what he was getting? All the dictation about what the tabernacle was gonna look like. How he set up God's earthly home where the presence, the very presence of God would come and reside. Jonah 3, 4, Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 more days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Nineveh was given 40 days, one of the most evil places ever. And that was Jonah's opponent. Like he was so scared, he didn't go there. He ran, right? And got swallowed by a big fish. But when he obeyed, whale vomit, he came out on the sand, right? And then he went into Nineveh and this is what he's proclaiming. But guess what happened? Because he opened up his mouth. The greatest recorded revival in the entire Bible. An entire city larger than Jacksonville all gave their heart back to God. The same people that used to skin people alive and just hang them out on the front porch. Yeah, those people got saved. First Samuel 17, 16, for 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, a Philistine giant strode in front of the Israel army making fun of them. And little David, a nobody, was like, nah. How dare you defy my God? 40 days later, he picked up a sling and (laughs) whacked him in the eyes and then lopped off that giant's head. First King 19.8. So he got up and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. One of my favorite stories in all of scripture. This is about Elijah. Elijah went 40 days without food, 40 days without water because he fled from Jezebel who threatened to kill him. And then he traveled 40 days to Mount Oreb where the Lord spoke to him. After 40, he heard the voice of Almighty God. You wanna hear the voice of Almighty God? Get serious over the next 40 days. And this is what he said to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, why are you hiding? How did you get to this point? What makes you think I would not protect you? You are made for more than this. So Elijah heard the voice of the Lord, not in the fire, not in the earthquake, not in the storm, but in the still small voice of God. And he snapped out of his fear. He obeyed God. He got out of his hiding cave. And then he got a breakthrough. You know who he found? Elisha. His attendant. His successor. The one that did more miracles than Elijah. The most recorded miracles outside of Jesus in the entire Bible. So what if we get out of a cave? What if We give God 40 days and we give him room to operate. We give him space to get on the inside of us so that you find your new purpose, so that you find what you were supposed to do in this world and begin to overcome these opponents. And then you can hear that still small voice. What are you doing here? I've created you for more than this. I pray that you will begin to hear that this morning. That God is looking right now at your life and he's speaking right now to you saying, "Hmm. I purpose your life for greater things than you're living for right now. I am greater than the bottle. I am greater than the porn addiction. I'm greater than the apathy that you have to showing up to church and to serving and to being a part of the church. I'm greater than what you're living for right now. What are you doing here in this point of your life? God's saying, choose me. I dare you. Over the next 40 days, give me your 40. Even Jesus faced his 40. You think that Jesus would have gotten to like opt out being like the son of God and all right. But God didn't deliver him. First thing to notice in his encounter, even though Jesus would have to face his 40 days, he was not alone. Luke one. then Jesus returned from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, y'all. You will not be alone if you are a believer. The Spirit of God is already on the inside of you but you can be filled with the Spirit of God just like Jesus was to. And I'm telling you, that's what spirit baptism looks like in Acts 2. And it's still meant for every single believer. Jesus was overflowing with the power of God Almighty. He was on fire. And I'm telling you that Holy Spirit power means you better watch out, devil. I would not want to be Satan going up against Christ. Listen, because he was about to open up a can and you and I can have that same kind of power. It is available to you. You simply have to ask God to give it to you and be ready to receive it, to make room in your life for Him to get on the inside of you and overflow on the outside and in the inside and everything that you do and everywhere you go and everything that you say and everything that you think. Boom, spirit power. The second thing that I want you to notice about this was the person He was opposing Satan. During the 40 days, look at Luke 4 2. It says, for 40 days Jesus was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were over, He was hungry. Sounds kind of ya yeah, right? Here's what I want you to see. If you are waiting for the coast to be clear in your life, to things just to go ahead and change before we face a giant and bring discipline into our lives, it's never going to happen. There's always going to be an opponent. There's always going to be a devil. There's always going to be a giant For Joseph, it was his family. For Jesus, it was Satan himself. For Samson, it was his lust. For Solomon, it was all of his wives, plural, oh my gosh. Listen, we can always find an excuse not to bring our lives into order, to not give God space and place to operate and to move. But stepping into our 40 means that we're declaring war against whatever is holding us back, whatever sin That is going on. Listen, that sin does not own you. Jesus declared to telestyle on the cross, meaning it's already done. It's taken care of. Jesus has already set you free. It's time to walk in your victory and your freedom. So what can you expect when you're facing your 40? (laughs) Here's some stuff we're gonna talk about, right? I want you to write these things down. I'm wrapping up with this. I'm gonna give you four things. You need to know this. Get it on the inside of you. Write it on your arm. Take pictures. Write it on your neighbor's face. Take a picture that way. I don't care. Number one. Don't write this on your neighbor's face because it would be really weird tomorrow. Satan will always try to trade growth for gratification. Satan will always try to trade off something quick and easy for growth. Now listen, there may be areas in your life where we're not growing, right? Because we've replaced we've growth with being stretched by God with just quick satisfying of, of my needs, right? Quick satisfaction, We are the microwave, we are the cell phone, give it to me instantaneously, my streaming service isn't working fast enough, people, right? So we might not be used to being stretched over time by God or shaped by the hand of God because gratification is easier, folks, right? Right? Luke 4, 2-4, through here's how this ends. For 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. Here's what I'm talking about. The devil said to him at that point, hey, if you're the son of God, tell that stone to become bread. Now, why is this important that the text tells us that Jesus was hungry? Because he was fasting. He was seeking a word from the father all while living with this creeper who was doing nothing but lying to him and attacking his mission the whole time. Eating the bread wasn't sinful. Eating the bread wasn't wrong. But Jesus was trying to grow stronger. You have to remember that Jesus stepped into human flesh. And everything that you wrestle with, he wrestled with. He stepped into human flesh. He was 100% fully God. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, he was 100% fully human. He could have given easily into the satisfaction. Oh man, I need to eat. You don't think Jesus can be like, boom, bread, boom, bread, boom, blueberry biscuits, right? After 40 days of not eating, would be really easy. But instead, he decided to grow past it, to grow past it. Some of us are going to use this 40 days to try to lose weight. Some of us are going to try to be like, oh, I need to turn kale into cake. You're going to come up with new recipes that don't taste like garbage. (laughs) Garbage lettuce. I hate it, right? But I'm telling you, you have to be predetermined, determined, You need to have a predetermined determination that I'm going to choose the difference. I'm going to choose to grow over quick gratification. The second thing that you need to notice that Satan was making suggestions and he's going to make suggestions to you too. The devil made me do it. Nope. Satan has no power over you, period. He can't make you do anything. For greater is Jesus Christ living by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you than the scumbag that plagues this world. He was like, yo, JC, why don't you turn that rock into some Krispy Kremes, right? It ain't gonna hurt you. You recognize that voice? I do. The power of free will is an awesome gift that God has given all of us, but it can be very dangerous in the wrong hands because if I start one Krispy Kreme, I'm gonna finish the dozen right? Listen, the next 40 days, Scott Hunter's going to, have to predecide. guess what? I'm going to go back on low carb, Ooh. right? But let's do what Jesus said to do, and let's work out some 40 days of discipline. So learning discipline and learning focus is what happens when you begin to set aside time and you decide that I'm not going to give into gratification, because if I give into gratification, I'm going to stop growing, That's what Jesus's temptation was all about. Jesus would leave the 40 days solid with a sense of mission on this earth. He he was not gonna be moved off task. All roads were gonna lead to the cross. And that point forward is when it was going to happen. The next 40 days, I hope, that we would just get this Holy Spirit backbone and we would get some resolve and that we would say, listen, I'm going to do this with the power of God working on the inside of me. He's fighting for me, not against me. I'm going to do this. I I will not satisfy myself with gratification over growth. I will not settle for a fix when I need the Lord to do a work. Number three, Satan will try to tempt you to take shortcuts. (laughs) <laughs> Paul tells us in Philippians that there will be one, 100% a day where every single person above the earth, under the earth, will all have to bow and say that Jesus Christ is Lord and worship him. Philippians 2, 8 through 11, and being found in appearance as a man, he stripped all of his royalty and he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Therefore, afterwards, because of, and gave him the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now look in contrast of what the devil offers instead of this path that Jesus had to take to the cross so that Jesus could say to Telestai that it is finished, that he has checked all the boxes, because ultimately it leads to the truth of Philippians 2. Look at Luke 4. So he took him up. And Satan showed Christ all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you this splendor and all of its authority because it has been given over to me. And I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. He's saying, You can have the worship. Jesus. You can have the glory, Jesus, without the cross. Here's the shortcut. I'm offering you the crown without a cross. In essence, you don't have to do the hard work. You don't have to go through the effort of ever training disciples to go out and send them out and change the world afterwards. You don't have to deal with the skeptics and the liars and the haters, uh, the entire religious elite not believing in you. We'll just, we'll just show them now who you really are, right? You don't have to put in all that time. I'm giving you the easy way out. You ever recognize that voice? Sounds like diet, why? That's why they make stretchy pants, (laughs) right? Or you haven't waited until marriage with anybody else. You can't stop doing it, man. Why should this girl matter? You're not a virgin, bro. Just keep sleeping with her, no big deal. Or 40 days of discipline. (laughs) you can't do that. You can't make it five days. You can't make it one. Liar. That is the voice that Jesus was dealing with for 40 days. And it's the same voice that you and I have heard since we were little kids, right? When it said, "Mm, punch your brother in the face. He deserved it. But still, the next 40 days, let's punch Satan in the teeth and not play his game. Why? Because Satan has always been a liar. Listen, he could not have given Jesus the crown without the cross if he wanted to. It was not his to give. His kingdom is temporary. He knows that. He knows he is dead meat. He knows that his kingdom that is temporary is going to end up in destruction. So don't let your life end up in destruction by listening to the false voices. You've been made with a purpose. God wants to do a work in you. There's a reason why you're here on this earth. Maybe 40 days, you need to discover it. My friends, we're never going to get where we need to be by taking shortcuts. Do the work, do the work, do the work that brings success. So you keep fighting. You keep trying no matter how hard it is. You keep at it. And if you fail, guess what? Get up, brush off your knees and keep walking forward in that 40. Stop looking behind you. Don't cry about it. Get up, Lord, help me. Maybe start over, I don't know. But guess what? Do the work. So Jesus had a face of forty. He had a face of an opponent that was Satan. Satan makes suggestions and Satan offers shortcuts. And here's the last thing you need to hear from this story, that Satan will always, always try to remove you from personal responsibility. Not my fault. Look at Luke 4, 9 through 11. The devil led him to Jerusalem. And he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. I mean, Satan is using the word of God against the word. He's saying, let your angels worry about it. If you jump, let them worry about you. It's not your, not your responsibility. It's their responsibility to catch you. You remember? That's what scripture says. Have you ever read that and thought, that's what a weird thing. Why would he say that? Because Satan was trying to kill Jesus in that moment. Because Satan knew if he made it to the cross, (laughs) it was over. He was trying to take out his opponent. But what if Jesus would have jumped? My guess that the son of man would have fallen to his death. And it would have been nobody's fault but Jesus. Sounds harsh, but Jesus knew that because why, he had submitted himself to human form. When we don't take ownership of our actions of our lives, we're always going to be jumping off a cliff, hoping that somebody catches us. Or you know what, we'll be blaming somebody else on the way down before we smack the ground. And at some point, we have to own our own actions, take personal responsibility for ourselves. Now, I know that it goes against everything that you hear in culture right now, right? Because everybody's a victim. Everybody has somebody to blame. Our culture is ruled by Satan. Let me remind you, and he's a big fat liar and he's the one that's been spewing this since he had this conversation with Jesus. So maybe we should stop playing the victim and maybe we should rise up instead of be warriors. Hey, that's me doing the drugs. That's my hand holding those beers. That's me laying in bed because I'm depressed. That's me, literally, Scott, eating the entire sleeve of Oreos right now. Maybe that's me feeling sorry for myself all the time. Hey, that's me sleeping around. Hey, that's me doing this and robbing ceiling. Hey, that's me. That's not the devil. He might've planted some ideas, but you can tell him to shut up. And you have a mandate from God Almighty to flee from sin, to take off, to run out of the room, to flush the weed down the toilet, to dump his sorry butt girls if he does not treat you and respect you correctly. Mom and dad, take away the iPhone if your kid has a porn problem. Smash it, own it, it's yours. Listen, then you refuse, guess what? To let whatever it is that you're dealing with own you. Take action, do something about it. You never ever accomplish your purpose if you do not take up personal responsibility for your actions. But man, what happens if you take responsibility for those actions? Those next 40 days, ooh, your life is gonna change. This whole church is gonna change. The community, the people that you involve your life with will start changing. They're gonna see something weird, crazy happening about you, inside you, with you. All of us. We need a 40 experience. So today's the day that we recalibrate, we hit reset on our life. Today is, today is our 40. 40 means new life, new growth, transformation, a change from one good task to a greater task, which follows this period of trial and, trial and testing. And you know, some of it just might be a struggle. Some of it might be a full-on battle. Some of you guys are already in this because you're dealing with this stuff. And some of you are gonna step into something, and you're like, dang, this is a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be. But that doesn't mean you stop. And you swing at your opponent with the word of truth, with the promises of God. That is your only weapon that you've been given. So in the 40 days, you need to be in the word of God, you need to be memorizing the word of God, you need to be reading it like you have never read before in your life. Get on a reading plan. I'm not kidding. And in the process, you need to remind yourself that you know, that you know, that you know whose you are, that you are the child of almighty God. Mm. That you are his kid. And there are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. There are plans to give you hope. In the future, your steps are ordered by God. So get on those steps, get on the right path, the narrow path that leads to righteousness. Stop taking the white path that everybody else is on. And I'm telling you, when you are walking through the fire and you're like, woo, starting to burn, starting to feel a little heat on my feet, don't give up, don't give in. I'm telling you, it is God purifying you. It is God working you. It is God getting you malleable and moldable and he's stretching you in that heat and he's preparing you for greatness. Because on the other side, you will come out pure, pure as gold. A breakthrough is coming. Step into your calling. Your 40 start. All right. Thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church Podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 1031 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 1031 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee.